It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On BYU, your daily BYU Cougars podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on into Locked On BYU. I am your host, Jay Catch, of course, your BYU insider here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you so much for downloading us. It's early Monday morning. Appreciate you guys taking the time to listen in. Of course, BYU coming off a tough 21-18 loss Saturday night against the Cal Berkeley Golden Bears. Drops the Cougars to 1-1 on the season. We'll be recapping that a little bit here for you. Some of my thoughts on the game after re-watching the game film. I rewatched the broadcast version of it after being on site for the game live. So always a different perspective when you actually go back and watch the game after you've seen it happen in person or live on TV. So we'll recap some of that for you here. Also some thoughts on Tanner Mangum as the starting quarterback for the Cougars. A lot of people on Twitter and social media fired up about him. Lots of calls for Zach Wilson to start. We'll talk about that as well in the podcast today. And then as we wrap things up, some final thoughts. Uh, recap the weekend in the other sports team news in terms of the BYU Cougars. The women's volleyball team had an incredible weekend and could be ranked as highly as high as number one when the new poll comes out today. So lots to get to on the podcast. Like I said, my name is Jay Catch, host of Locked on BYU here. I've, I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah as a radio producer and a reporter been covering BYU athletics coming up on near a decade at this point in my career and it's a pleasure to bring this podcast to you if you're new to the podcast thank you so much for taking the time to download us please subscribe rate and review on the various podcatcher platforms you may be finding this on it helps get the word out and also I know I do this every every time we record and have a show but I want you guys to continue sharing this with your family and friends it's a pleasure to bring it to you, and any every little bit helps when it comes to getting the word out. So if you have friends that are BYU fans that want good BYU content that is concise to the point and doesn't take forever to listen to, well, that's kind of the goal of the show here. So please share it with those friends. Let them know about the show, and hopefully they in turn will also continue to share it with their friends. That sounds like a Ponzi scheme now that I think about it. But there's no money involved. So, hey, congratulations. It's free. It's a free Ponzi scheme. There we go. We'll go with that. All right. Let's get to it. Um, We'll lay out of the show for you like I just mentioned. We're going to talk about here in the first segment some of my initial impressions of the game versus what I saw on film. Second segment, we'll talk about Tanner Mangum as the starting quarterback for BYU. And third segment will be our quick hits where we recap everything we haven't hit on in the show and look at the other sports teams in Provo. All right, so after watching the film, I came away from this game feeling very much the same as I did when I saw the game live. I was on site at Lavelle Edwards Stadium for the Cal game, and I felt like BYU struggled in the trenches. Marone Laulu Pututau had probably the most revealing comment of the postgame that of anything if you listen to the instant reaction podcast i recorded late saturday night it was early sunday morning actually around 2 a.m when i actually recorded it 
I played some of the sound for you, but I don't want to replay it here if you guys didn't listen to that podcast. Here is Marone Laulu Pututau on when he thought BYU lost that Cal game. Honestly, we didn't lose the game today. I feel we lost it three days ago in preparation and practice. And so those little things, you know, we still have confidence because we can make those plays. We're not worried. Um, those guys will make the play guarantee. I trust them 100% next play. What, what lost it three days? When you're my, you know, just talking about the preparation, was it just the communication wasn't there in the, during the week of practice? Um, well, first off, I want to say hats off to the defense because they worked their butts off. They had a really good practice this week. They had their backs against the wall so many times getting turnovers. So hats off to the defense and love them for playing hard. But I think specifically Tuesday practice was amazing. I think we could agree with that. We came out, worked hard. We're like, okay, let's go, Cal Week. Wednesday, there was kind of a lull. You know, we had a lot of MAs, and I mean, I'm going to take that on me personally, too. Like, I didn't lead well enough, and uh, we didn't have enough leaders to step up and practice to be ready for today. And so we noticed the things we can fix, and so I think we have the confidence to fix them. There you go. Marone Laulu Pututau. He thought that game was lost earlier in the week. That screams to me that BYU got a little ahead of themselves when it came to that Arizona win. They won the game. They had worked so hard to win, and they felt like, hey, we won. We deserve to win another. And I think Cal came in and has reminded them that, yes, you guys won a game. You won one game. It's a 12-game season. Cal was very, very good. They came in with a succinct game plan. I thought Chase Garber's first first start was pretty dang good. I thought that Brandon McIlwain, the way they used him as that Wildcat quarterback to run the ball, was very effective. I thought all along we would see Ross Bowers start this game, but we did not see him at all in the game. Hats off to Justin Wilcox, Tim DeRoyter, and the rest of the Cal coaching staff. They did a great job prepping their guys, none more so than in the third quarter. I was looking at the game book while I was watching this game, re-watching it, and BYU led the overall yardage and most of the major statistics at halftime of the game. That third quarter, though, Cal held the ball for over 11 minutes. Granted, in those 11 minutes, BYU did get a fumble get a fumble return for a touchdown from Diane Gonwoloku. Isaiah Kafusi got his first career interception on a great individual play. Those two plays gave BYU chances to stay in this game, absolutely. But the fact of the matter is, Cal made all of the halftime adjustments that shut down BYU. BYU had 11 total yards in that third quarter. Cal rolled up, I believe, well over 150. They just absolutely torched the field in that third quarter. And had BYU not gotten the turnovers turnovers that they did via Ganwaloku and also Kafusi, this game might have been put to bed a lot earlier than it actually was. So... My, my impressions, if you listen to that reaction podcast, I felt like the pass rush was just an absolutely critical thing that BYU needs to figure out, but I'm not convinced they have an answer for it on their roster. 
The offensive line, I felt like they got a little fat and happy after they took care of business against Arizona. They struggled against Cal. Cal is a vastly better defensive front than what BYU faced against Arizona. There's no doubt about that. I think conversely, the BYU defensive line found that Cal offensive line almost impenetrable after they were able to have some decent success against Arizona, but there was a completely different game plan for the Wildcats with Khalil Tate at at quarterback. They kind of waited and reacted versus pinning pinning their ears back and rushing the quarterback. This defensive line has got to figure something out. If BYU, like I said, I, I was very adamant in that in that podcast that I recorded after the game late Saturday night, that BYU either has to change their defense to allow for more pressure to be created with blitzes and maybe using more zone coverage, etc., or they need to have somebody on that defensive line step up and be able to create pressure and allow them to continue to play this man-press coverage that they want to play so badly. There can't be any in-between, in my opinion. It's got to go one way or the other. And it looks like BYU, if you look at the 2017 season, they are all in on this man-press cover, and they want a four-man rush to be able to get some pressure on quarterback. The tough part is... It's too far in in between when it actually happens for the Cougars right now. That's what leads me to think that the the answer is not readily available on on, on the roster currently. They need to go recruit somebody or develop somebody that's on the roster that can do that. We'll see if they're able to fix it. Wisconsin, like I said, also on the podcast late Saturday night, is not going to be the game that you see major improvement, major strides made because they are just so good. Wisconsin is a legit college football playoff contender. BYU will be lucky to keep it within a few touchdowns. I know the line opened up around three touchdowns. It's just going to be a tough game to see much from the Cougars, but that's why they play the game, and we will see if they're able to get off the mat and answer the bell come round three of 12, using each week as as a round as if it were a prize fight. All right, so there you go. Some of my impressions after rewatching the film. Nothing too specific because, like I said, just an overall team loss. There were multiple issues on all three phases of the game for the Cougars. They gotta, they gotta get themselves off the mat. This next week, I think this team will be refocused. I think a comment from Marone Laulu Pututau there really revealed that BYU got a little ahead of themselves. I think after that Arizona game, and now hopefully getting getting set back a little bit with this Cal loss gets them refocused and re-energized. We'll see. All right, we'll take a time out here. We'll come back. We'll talk about Tanner Mangum. We need to talk about his play, what he has done to either, in, in some people's opinion, keep the job for the time being because BYU is going to lose games in their opinion regardless, or if BYU needs to have the future happen now and get a kid like Zach Wilson intact. We'll talk about that next, but real quick, it is crunch time for fantasy football. Locked On Podcast Network is delivering to help you guys out. Locked On has a brand new fantasy football show called Locked On Fantasy Football 24-7. Locked On Fantasy Football 24-7 gives you the latest trends, hot roster moves, and where to get the advantage. Plus, Ethan Turner, the injury expert, gives you the edge. Locked On Fantasy Football 24-7 is here to help you win your league. Check those guys out. If you are a fantasy football player, I've been listening listening to their podcast. And let's put it this way, week one for me has gone well so far. It's not over yet, but it's looking like I'm going to be 1-0 fantasy-wise. So 
Big ups to Fantasy Football 24-7 for helping me out on that. All right, Tanner Mangum discussion coming up next. This is Locked on BYU. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. Guys, working in the sports media industry, I have a lot of people ask me for advice, especially when it comes to sports betting. Usually it's what team to bet on each week, but the truth is, I don't know who's going to win. But if you think you know, you got to check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, guys, they're your best bet this season. They've been in business for years, they have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use. Lay down some cash today and you also could win big. They have live in-game betting and the most rewarding player perks in the business and for fantasy people out there fantasy fans you can even bet the over under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game there's a lot to do and a lot of fun to be had with my bookie that's why i'm urging you to make your way to my bookie if you win they pay Here's what I want you guys to do. Join now and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. MyBookie is currently matching listeners' first deposits 100% up to $1,000. Use promo code ONCOLLEGE to activate this offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code ONCOLLEGE when creating your account to claim this bonus. You play, you win, you get paid. That's MyBookie. Locked On BYU, your team every day. Welcome back to Locked On BYU. I'm Jay Catch, your host here on the podcast. As I mentioned before the break, we're talking about Tanner Mangum here. A lot of discussion on the internet late on Saturday night, all throughout Sunday, and even into this morning. Is Tanner Mangum supposed to be the starting quarterback at BYU? I'll come out front and not bury the lead here. I think you leave him as the starter for BYU for the time being. Cue you guys jumping into my Twitter mentions and telling me what in the world are you thinking? Zach Wilson is the future. Put him in the game and let's see what he's got. Let's see what the freshman's got. The future is now. It's a double-edged sword, I admit it, because BYU needs to have a quarterback, a quarterback who can move the ball consistently. Now... Let's talk about Tanner Mangum here. We've seen him under three different offensive coordinators in his career at BYU. He started started out under Robert and I, pressed into service when Taysom Hill got injured and was lost for the year as a true freshman off an LDS mission. Had some of his brightest moments in terms of singular moments, Nebraska, Boise State, under Robert and I. He also had his time under Ty Detmer. Yeah, and now he's had his time, we've seen, under Jeff Grimes for two games. So three offensive coordinators here. There is a trend, though, that has emerged with Tanner Mangum in all three of these offenses, um, particularly against Power 5 opponents. But this extends out further. I, I, Non-Power 5, this still also affects. What I 
looking at kind of how the statistical trends went, Tanner, Tanner Mangum, under all three offensive coordinators, when he's gone up against mainly Power 5 teams, but this I think this holds true, the numbers inflate a little bit against non-Power 5 teams, the group of five and FCS teams. But Tanner Mangum, on average... Complete has completed anywhere between 55 to 60 percent of his passes under each of these offensive coordinators in each offense. So he's a 55 to 60 percent passer, which is in the modern college football game not great. He also averages about one touchdown and one interception against Power 5 opponents. Like I said, these numbers get inflated when you include Group of 5 and FCS games for Tanner Mangum. But in his Power 5 games, it's about an average of one touchdown to one one interception. Let's give you an example. Just through the two games, we've seen Tanner Mangum under Jeff Grimes because it goes almost right along his average. He has completed 40 passes on the season, so an average of 20 a game. He has thrown a total of seven, of 69 passes on the season, so 40 of 69 on this year. He has two touchdowns, two interceptions, 405 yards. Okay, you can narrow that out. So that's 20 completions on 34 and a half attempts, one touchdown, one interception, 202 and a half yards, and that equates out to a quarterback rating of 115.45. That is that like if you go back and look at his time under Robert and I and Ty Detmer like I did yesterday, just trying to get some numbers on this. I won't bore you with all the particulars on this. If you guys want those particulars, I'm happy to provide them. I can add them into the podcast later. Maybe tomorrow's episode I can include those. If you guys are interested, let me know on Twitter at Jacob C. Hatch or at Locked on BYU. I'm happy to include them. But um, as a good friend of the podcast put on Twitter late Saturday night, there is a great LDS seminary or Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints seminary film about a snake and a young Native American man who the snake convinces to carry him up a mountain, puts him down and the snake bites him. Uh, It's a venomous snake and he says, you knew what I was before you picked me up. So Ryan Teeples at Sports Guy Ryan, your your meme. I get what you were doing. It was it was in jest, but it also is exactly what BYU fans should expect from Tanner Mangum. Tanner Mangum is going to complete between fifty five and sixty percent of his passes. He's good for about one touchdown, one interception, and about two hundred yards every game. At a school like BYU, that is substandard, that is unacceptable, and it's not something that BYU fans are content with. They want a quarterback who's going to go out there and sling it for 300 yards, complete 65 to 70% of their passes, have three or four touchdowns, and maybe one interception every other game. That's what BYU fans in their minds want to see. They want to see the Ty Detmers, the Max Halls, the Jim McMahons, the Gifford Nilsons. They want to see those type of quarterbacks again. Is Zach Wilson that answer? We don't know. We haven't seen him play yet in an actual game. I know during fall camp, he took the lead on Tanner Mangum. He was going to be the starting quarterback. I have no qualms about saying that. But Tanner Mangum made up ground in fall camp and made it so close that the coaching staff decided they were going to benefit they would be benefited by the experience Tanner Mangum had and they would go with him for the time being. I do believe that Zach Wilson's time is coming. 
It's not this next week against Wisconsin. Could he? We, could we see him in Wisconsin in, in mop-up duty? Potentially. I think the game you see Zach Wilson play is McNeese State two weeks from now. When the FCS-level McNeese State Cowboys come to Lavelle Edwards Stadium, that's when I think you see Zach Wilson play his first game for BYU. The benefit for the Cougars this year is Zach Wilson has those four games to play in and retain his red shirt. Don't throw him to the dogs. Don't throw him to the wolves here against Wisconsin. Don't throw him into the Badger den to use the Badgers, which is BYU's next opponent's nickname. Don't throw him into that situation where you set him up to have a very rough time. Wisconsin is a very, very good team. So is Washington three weeks from now. I'm of the opinion that BYU should ride with Tanner Mangum through this first month, see if he can figure it out, which are statistical trends, if you look at it for his career, don't indicate that anything like that is coming. But get through this first month, like a lot of people talked about in the preseason, let Tanner Mangum be the sacrificial lamb for this first month, and then turn it over to Zach Wilson. That's where I still contend is BYU's best chance for success. Am I wrong? Very well could be. I'm not a coach. I'm not being paid the big bucks to make the, make this decision. That's Kalani Satake's job. That is Jeff Grimes' job. That is Aaron Roderick's job. They have to make that call. I'm of the opinion you ride with Tanner Mangum through this first month and see what happens, but I don't expect to see Zach Wilson start against Wisconsin. If I'm wrong, we will see. But I do expect to see Zach Wilson against McNeese State. And I do think his time is coming. He will take over as the starting quarterback at some point this season. The question is, how long can the coaching staff hold out and let Tanner Mangum start while also chasing bowl eligibility? That's a great question. And if you have any opinion on that, please tweet at me, at Jacob C. Hatch, at LockedOnBYU, and I will work these into the podcast. I want your guys' take. But that is my opinion. You ride with Tanner Mangum against Wisconsin, and you take on a week-by-week basis going forward. But I do believe Zach Wilson will take over as a starting quarterback at some point this season, probably most likely in the month of October. I very well could be wrong, but that's what I expect to see what happens. But as Ryan Teeples did say, you knew what I was before you picked me up when it comes to Tanner Mangum. We have seen far too many games of his, and it's the exact same stat line. 55-60% to 60% completion percentage, 200 yards, a pick, and a touchdown. BYU fans are not content with that. I know you guys aren't. I've seen it on social media all weekend long. But that's what we've got going for BYU currently, and we'll see what the coaching staff decides to do. But I do believe you ride with Tanner Mangum against Wisconsin and then see how it goes from there. So there you go, my take on Tanner Mangum and how things are playing out. All right, we'll take our penultimate timeout on the show here, come back, talk about some of the other news and notes from around BYU. But real quick, reminding you guys, there are plenty of other locked-on college football podcasts that are being added to the network each and every week. New ones last week included Locked On Wolverines, Locked On Buckeyes, and Locked On Seminoles. Plus, we already have the Locked On shows for the Ducks, Nittany Lions, Bears, Crimson Tide, Wildcats, Razorbacks, Volunteers, and of course, right here with the BYU Cougars. Find your favorite college show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or Spotify. All right, quick hits next. This is Locked On BYU.
We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Locked On BYU, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome back to Locked On BYU. Thank you so much for downloading the podcast, talking all things BYU Cougars. And in quick hits today, we're going to hit on the other teams around BYU that have been in action in the early parts of their season. And let's start off with what is potentially and most likely going to be the number one ranked women's volleyball team in the entire United States of America. And that would be the BYU women's volleyball team. They went 3-0 on the weekend. They played out at Marquette in their in the Marquette Invitational. They finished things off with a, a four-set win over number 25 Marquette, 23-25, 25-22, 25-20, 25-14. Like I said, they went perfect on the weekend, and BYU is still perfect on the season, now 8-0 on the year. The Cougars, with that and the losses by number one ranked Minnesota and number two ranked Wisconsin this past week, should vault BYU into the number one spot. They got seven first place votes a week ago, ranked number three in the country. Minnesota had 35 votes to go um, to number one. Wisconsin only had six first place votes, but more points overall on the adjusted scale that things go. BYU should wake up this morning and see themselves ranked number one whenever that new AVCA Division I coaches poll comes out. Hats off to Heather Olmstead. She has got this program rolling. They are doing great things. This should be set up for another big year for the women's volleyball team. They have had incredible runs. They made it to the national championship match a few years ago. This could be their best team yet. So here's hoping that the women's volleyball team continues to play well and they get to be able to hold on to this number one ranking. We'll see how it all plays out. Volleyball is kind of a finicky sport because teams get on runs and it's hard to stop them at times. But the women's volleyball team off and rolling. The women's soccer team had quite the raucous match Friday night in their annual Deseret First Duel match up there in Salt Lake City against the University of Utah. BYU was leading this match most of the time then in about 15 minutes stretch. The match just kept going back and forth, and BYU ended up winning it 3-2 with an 85th-minute goal um, off of a deflection by Cameron Tucker. Gave BYU the 3-2 lead that they were able to hold on to, but... So Michaela Colahan scored a goal in the 71st minute to give BYU a 2-0 advantage. Utah answered back with Paula Vanderveen scoring in the 75th minute and then another header by Utah in the 84th minute tied it at 2-all. So looking like BYU might be in a little bit of trouble. But of course, like I said, a deflection off a pass by Cameron Tucker into the net gives the Cougars the 3-2 win. This was quite the game. So congrats to the women's soccer team, Jennifer Rockwood. They needed a win like this to keep their season rolling. They are now 3-2-1 on the year. 
we'll see how the women's soccer team does. It's a very young team, of course, but I've got faith that Jennifer Rockwood can get things figured out. She's proven it before that she is one of the best women's soccer coaches in the entire country. BYU is very lucky to have her on the sidelines there. So congratulations to them on the win over the rival Utes on Friday night. And then just real quickly, just a reminder of the five individuals inducted into the BYU Athletic Hall of Fame over the weekend. If you were at the game on Saturday night with the Cal game, all five of them were on the field. Of course, former BYU football star Johnny Harleen was one of the inductees. Russell Holmes, one of the best men's volleyball players in BYU history, also inducted. Aaron Russell, who was one of the, a swimmer at BYU, inducted. He was from 2000 to 2003. He won conference titles every single year. He was at BYU BYU. Lindsay Still Metcalf, one of the iron women when it came to multiple sports. She did indoor and outdoor high jump at BYU as well as playing women's volleyball. One of the most decorated athletes in Cougar history. Congratulations to Lindsay Still Metcalf and one of the greatest golfers in BYU history, Daniel Summerhays, also inducted. So those five individuals Job well done. Congratulations on your well-earned induction into the BYU Athletic Hall of Fame. We will see their names in the Student Athlete Building there in Legacy Hall, and congratulations to them. All right, that's it. That's quick hits for you. Let me know what you think. If you got questions, if you want to weigh in on the Tanner Mangum debate, hit me up at Jacob C. Hatch or at Locked on BYU on Twitter. We also have our Facebook page at Locked on BYU as well. And, of course, you can find the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, etc. Everywhere it's available, you can find it. So please download it, subscribe, rate, and review. We love bringing this podcast to you. I am privileged to have this platform to talk Cougars with you every day. And thank you for taking the time to download us. We'll be back tomorrow with reaction to Kalani Satake's press conference and some of the other news coming out of BYU as they begin preparations for Wisconsin. This has been Locked On BYU for September 10th, 2018. Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.